Hello, I'm Sam Ballard, and this is Vented Energy's Climate of Change podcast. Today, on our A Day in the Life series, I'm joined by Nikki Warby, Community Engagement Manager at Ventint and part of the Brand and Comms team. I don't think it's out of place for me to say that Nikki has a role unlike any other in the company, so I'm really excited about today's chat, and that's not just bias from being part of the same team. Nikki's role focuses on communication with the communities surrounding our wind farms and a host of activities focused on supporting those communities and building the relationship with them. But she also works closely with our regulatory team and is part of Ventint's inclusive committee too. There's a lot to get through today, so let's jump straight in and start the conversation. So Nikki, hi, welcome to the Climate of Change podcast. Hello. It's great to have you here. I think this is going to be a brilliant episode because your role is definitely one of the more different and interesting roles, certainly on paper anyway. I'm hoping you're going to confirm that when we start talking about it. Yeah, the pressure is on now, Sam. There's always pressure. There's always pressure. (laughs) You work here in Ventian as part of the Brand and Comms team, Mm -hmm. and you're the Community Engagement Manager for Ventian. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that is, what that involves? Okay, so Community Engagement Manager. Day-to-day, it can be quite different. There's a lot of aspects to the role, um, but I suppose the brief outline of it is is I interact, build relationships with the communities um, that are surrounding the sites of our assets and our wind farms. I do this across the business, and I work very closely with the organic business development team along life extension applications and repowering applications. Okay. Basically helping them with the communications with the community councils and local authorities. So for anybody who's listening who doesn't know how this how this all works, why why would a community need to be involved in communications around the wind farm? What sort of thing are we talking about here? Yeah, so especially when we're coming to planning applications for life extension and repowering, we really need the community to be happy with us. We need to show the community that we are also there for them. We're not just going to come into their community, plonk a load of assets on there and go, see ya. Um, We want to make sure that they are happy to have us there and that we are almost part of their community. So we can we can give to them as much as they give our land, their land to us right. effectively and their sight lines to us, we can give to them as well. So the importance there is really building those relationships. We will go into schools, we will do site visits with universities and schools on the land as well to help with the educational side mm-hmm. as part of some of the criteria for some of the degrees, for example, that some of the universities do. They involve going and actually having some on-site experience. So we will be really proactive with that. We also help with sustainability initiatives within the communities as well. And just basically make sure that they know who we are, what we're doing. We're not there to impact them in a negative way. We're actually there to help them help us with the initiatives of obviously cleaner energy going forward and providing that cleaner energy. I guess that's important actually, because when you think about it as well, there's a lot of noise, a lot of chatter about Wind farms, especially, obviously, there you've got these huge turbines. You know, people are afraid yes. sometimes to have them. You know, you get the classic sort of NIMBY attitude, not in my backyard. Yeah. Want the clean power, don't want a wind farm here. But actually, your role is is part partly about communicating to people that it's, you know, it's not the negative noise that you hear. Well, you always hear more negative noise, don't you? Yeah. It's more prevalent. So, it's about explaining that actually it's not like that. Actually, there are the benefits here for them as a community and 
not just from the clean energy that they'll get, yeah. but also from having that located near them too. I think it's a lot of reassurance as well, a lot of reassurance for the communities. So the, the, the questions that we get are so varied. People seem less bothered about the actual look of them these days. I think because especially where most of our assets are up in Scotland, people are very used to that. The questions normally surround things like noise levels and am I going to be able to hear it? And is there any detrimental effect to my health, for example? So it's just reassuring people and making sure that they know that the noise levels are going to be exceptionally low if they can hear them at all. They're built in such a way that the noise levels are kept low, but also within the proximity of houses it it usually has an impact on whether you can hear it or not anyway sure the direction of the wind can have an impact on that funnily enough but it's really interesting some of the variations of questions that we get and i think it is really about reassuring those people and making sure that they have a good understanding and also being transparent as well so if there is going to be some sort of route or something like mm-hmm. especially if you're repowering a wind farm access to the site may cause disruption for people but it's being transparent communicating that to the community councils who will communicate that to the wider community and also us communicating it to the wider community where we can with public exhibitions or consultations and you've had a couple of these exhibitions recently haven't you in the last sort of few months you've i know you've been to a couple of communities and uh, yes how did that how did that go yeah you talked about the, the variety of questions that you're getting what, yeah. what sort of thing are people talking about there so it's really interesting. I was fairly in, new into the role um, when I actually went to the first exhibition and the whole process of setting up that exhibition was a big eye-opener for me as well, which was brilliant. It was a great learning curve. But we got a whole range of people. You get people from in the community who are 100% supportive. They actually quite like the wind farm. They have no problem with it. They're like, yeah, this is this is a really great idea. Look at what it's doing for the climate and for the, the wider picture of global warming and everything like that. And then you get the people who are just a little bit, I suppose, again, it's, it comes back to that reassurance. They're just a little bit nervous mm-hmm. about what this will mean because this particular one was a repowering public exhibition. You don't tend to do them for life extension right. unless there's a because nothing's anomaly, essentially going to change nothing's changing but with repowering it's important to get this feedback and some of the feedback can go along the lines of the biodiversity of the site how is how are the habitats going to be a, be affected because people are obviously very protective of that especially as a lot of these sites are public areas as well and they want to see the wildlife thriving there like it has done already. Yeah we are of course talking about rural areas here we're not talking about the middle of a town or something. No again you've got access access is a major thing so if there's going to be a lot of construction they want to know when will we get access back Mm -hmm. how is this going to be affected how are the roads going to be affected a lot of questions along those lines you also get Some of the more standard questions, which I touched on briefly before about noise. Everyone wants to know if they're going to be able to hear the noise. Shadow flicker as well is another thing that can come up. So am I going to be able, is it going to block the sunlight or something? Am I going to be able to see it as the turbine's turning? Right, okay. Yeah. Is it going to affect what? my window am I going to see like this almost I don't know strobe effect strobe that's the word I was looking for strobe effect there's multiple questions they were they're just some of the a few you get a lot of interesting 
characters there as well. You get people from who are not necessarily in those communities, but have found out about them. And they like to come and just sort of give their feedback on how they're feeling about the wind turbines that are in their areas, even though they're not affected. Okay, and interesting. Nothing to do with it. It's, it was a really enjoyable and interesting experience. And it's a great way to get to know the people in that area as well. Because part of my job is getting to know those people and them getting to know me. So they've got a, a link to Ventian. Other than the asset managers do an amazing job and they're the face because they're there all the time. But to have a secondary contact as well, somebody you can reach out to is always, I think, useful. And always been my favourite part of working in, in communications as well is that contact with the people and that getting to know yeah. them, building the relationships and having those conversations. So I think one of the reasons why I think your role must be incredible fun as well as, as you know as a absolutely. challenge of course yeah absolutely there's so much fun that comes with this role for sure and you like you say you hadn't been you haven't been in this role long it's it's less than a year now is it yeah it'll be a, a year year, year in up. september year in september oh my gosh that's gone quick but you did have a lot of experience before mm-hmm. in terms of dealing with with people like that because yes. your background was coming from positions of of, of ea and pa to, to various sort of so stakeholder management, the company, yeah, and, effectively, and-, and stakeholder communication. So actually at Ventian, I've been at Ventian, it will be four years in December. No, I think I'm lying. I think it's three years in December. I just add an extra year onto my career. It's Time fine. flies when you have um, Yeah, exactly. As an EA, you have to be able to communicate across a wide range of people at different levels of the business, from the board down to the the people on the ground who, who are making things happen. And you have to be able to communicate effectively with all those people. And that's something that I've really drawn on and brought into this role. I've also had experience in public affairs. So again, dealing with a totally different range of characters and quite sort of MPs and senior politicians in one of my previous roles as well. So again, a different type of stakeholder engagement and management, but very, very interesting. And it all feeds directly into this ability to be able to sort of communicate with anyone yeah. I suppose effectively and find a common ground because I think that when you are communicating with people and building relationships one of the most important things you can do is find a common ground with somebody and yeah it's it's really enjoyable it's really fun I, I'm super lucky to have had that experience as well and had that getting to know different aspects and different people so yeah yeah, definitely the best part of the role, definitely. Mm. And and some of what you're saying there actually ties in with another part of your role because you also work um, closely with our regulatory yes. team. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about that as well. So, yeah. I imagine that's, a, well, without imagining, that's a completely different yeah so that's completely different i mean obviously it's it's again it's super super interesting and this probably directly relates more to the public affairs role that i had at one of my previous companies where i was like i said before dealing with a lot of i was traveling to washington so i was dealing with the u.s government there and also the uk government both the constituency level and also in the matter of writing letters and going into parliament and hosting dinners there as well. So I've had that experience of working quite closely with a lot of these politicians. So with the regulatory side of things here, it's been really, really interesting and good and useful to utilise those 
aspects and working with the external agencies that we Mm -hmm. do to promote our business and promote our brand. I've had some exciting opportunities just in the last sort of eight months of of doing this role because I've sat with Renewable UK. I did a roundtable regarding the consultation for onshore wind in in England. I've recently sat with a representative from the UK government with a group of industry peers, again, regarding the um, onshore wind in England, policy changes that are happening. So I'm, I'm really, it's really, really interesting and making sure that regulatory comms are in line with the brand. So I work closely with our regulatory manager on yep. that and also getting some really good insights for the business to have opinions on as well. And so we can actually publish business insights to the wider public again elevating our brand and it's great as well i think to be able to feed in at that level as well like you say policy level before it's decided and defined and from a you know practical point of view of course companies like ventint need to be involved in that because we have the information we have the knowledge to, to share there and to help develop that but then of course that'll also be beneficial to you when you're then talking to the communities yes because you'll have had that whole a to Z kind of yeah, it, it literally joins all the dots. That's the best way to put it. It's like because I'm I'm seeing what's going on with the with the government, the, the policies that they're bringing through, and the ideas they're having. So when I'm talking to communities in the other half of my role, it's really really good, and it's so good having that knowledge to be able to say to answer some questions that perhaps some of the project managers wouldn't be able to answer mm-hmm. that. I mean, they are a lot more astute when it comes to obviously all the technical side of things. And I sort of do have to go, um, let me get somebody from a technical side to answer that one. But when it comes to sort of some of the, I suppose, less technical, more policy surrounded things, it's great to have that knowledge and be able to sort of give people reassurance in that way as well um, and and be as transparent as we can. I'm going to jump back a little bit here because you mentioned when we were talking about um, you know, how we're working with the communities and how we interact with the communities mm-hmm. um, in some of our projects. You talked about going into the schools and yes. things there. Now, you did an amazing school visit uh-huh. uh, not so long ago, yeah. which if anybody wants to see, is, is you can find on our LinkedIn page. It looked like that was an excellent experience. That looked like a whole load of fun. Yeah, I mean, so I've again in my previous role, I did something not dissimilar, um, and it's one of my favourite things to do is, especially with younger minds as well, because they never cease to amaze me at the knowledge they already have in primary school. And, and this was a primary, primary yeah, so primary school visit, wasn't it? This was primary school, so it was four years old up to eleven that whole age range they're actually split into two schools so we did two separate ones but made sure that the presentation was good enough for both age groups yeah Yeah. they never ceased to amaze me and I had it in my last job and that was to do with space and they they just have so much knowledge and it's so much fun and and I think you can really play around with these things. You don't have to be serious, go in, have a talk and just stand in front of people. You can really bring your imagination, especially with those age groups, is bring that imagination and sort of really get them thinking because give them an anchor. Yeah, That's what you've got to do is you've got to give them an anchor, something to remember and something to them hold on to and go, oh, 
if I remember that lady that came in and dressed up as an asset manager and was <laughs> totally mad. But if they're having that anchor, then to know that you've possibly left an impression on a young mind that may help sort of shape what they do in the future is it's such a rewarding feeling anyway. I mean, that was so much fun. And I mean, we've done it with older sort of kids in secondary school as well. Not quite a presentation, but we did something recently where we went to, I don't want to say it was a careers fair, but it was almost kind of like a, a careers fair slash science fair. Okay. And that was myself and one of the project managers on the OBD team. We traveled up and again, we made it fun. That was something that I was I was very much, and luckily he was very on board with it as well, and we made it fun. We had a competition. We had this. We had everything sort of rolling. We were getting the kids involved. Um, they were picking. We had OS maps, which actually really luckily tied in with their education at that time because they were just starting to look at OS maps and stuff and geography. Excellent. And we had four laid out, and it was where would you put a wind farm? And then taking into account all of the elements such as historical buildings, other wind farms, so competitors' wind farms, the way the land looks, different villages, all of the different things that developers would have to consider. And then the winning school got a trip to a wind farm site. Ah, oh, fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, Which that, must have been amazing. Yeah. Or, or will be. I don't know it will be, yet, amazing. Yeah, it will be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think we're waiting for some here. holidays to be over and then. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, because I don't think any of them want to do it on their summer holidays. No. Yeah. So again, that was something that was that's it's super fun. And the teachers were so responsive as well. And they were like, you've got to come and do this competition. And it was just it was just amazing. It's sort of like a wind related pin the tail on the donkey. Absolutely. But with, but with thought behind it as opposed it, to being blindfolded. Do you know what? You, what you've just said is pretty much <laughs> what went through mine and the project manager's minds. It was like... Kind of like pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah. <laughs> but you can see the donkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and I imagine, obviously, outside of work, you do a lot of, uh, you spend a lot of time doing theatre productions things as well. So theater. I imagine you're, yeah. <laughs> the way you say theatre. <laughs> well, you know, there's a certain level to these podcasts. Maybe, so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that sets you up brilliantly for things like this as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that was my background. That's what I did at college. I did performing arts, which I absolutely loved. It, it just so happened it wasn't something that I ended up pursuing um, during that stage of my life. So I've sort of returned back to it. I think last year was the first time I'd been on stage in 20 years. And it was wow. incredibly nerve-wracking. But it was so rewarding. I've just gone back and done other little bits and pieces as well and looking for new projects. It's 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 a lot of work, but it's super fun. I love it. It's not like me to not want to be centre of attention, obviously. Um, <laughs> well, we brought so, you in today. Yeah. Specifically. <laughs> oh, it sounds like certainly an interesting career progression as well from performing arts yeah, yeah. at university through to now you know, managing, you know, the community engagement for a renewable energy company. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes to show, I think, as well to, to anybody, you know, listening that, you know, you don't have to take an engineering degree no. to end up working in, in, in this business. You can come almost from anywhere. Do you know what my, so mine is probably Depending very, very yeah, 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 I was just saying, you probably, well, you, to be an engineer, you probably do you need, probably an need an engineering, engineering degree. degree. Right? Yeah. <laughs> But no, I think, yeah, yeah, I had a, an interesting path, I'd say, into this. So I did performing arts at college. I was absolutely adamant that that is what I was going to do. 
And then I did apply to a couple of unis. Personal circumstances, unfortunately, meant that although I got in, I couldn't go at that time. So I then went on and qualified as a pharmacy technician. So... (laughs) It gets better and better. I say, Sam, I don't think even you knew half of this. So I qualified as a pharmacy technician, um, did that for a couple of years. And then I actually moved from, I was living in the Midlands at the time, moved down to the South Coast, where I sort of fell into sales, which I think anyone who's probably got a bit of a bubbly personality and doesn't take no for an answer finds it a good way to sort of enter into a bit more of a corporate environment. So I ended up being an estate agent for a little while. I then moved on from being an estate agent to, gosh, what did I do after that? I think that's when I went into office supply sales testing my memory as well the order of it as well there's so much going on I'm not surprised yeah office supply sales and I did that and then I moved up to London continued with office supply sales for a while and then went into reception work I decided that I didn't want to be in sales anymore I wanted a more administrative role so went into reception work and from there I started on a building reception moved to a company reception from that reception I was very lucky I got along very well with the person I ended up working for at that company and became their EA I was with that company for four years as an EA, moved to another company as an EA, which was again a totally security company to media company to satellite company, putting things in space. And then that's when I fell at that company into marketing, mainly public affairs. But yeah, that sounds like a crazy path. It is a crazy path. (laughs) But but I suppose there's always that tie-in though of the the engagement, the relationships, that sort of thing. And, And I had a, a similar thing, I suppose, in terms of, you know, I also started with a sales role, but then quickly found out that actually I love dealing with the people, love having those relationships yeah. and, and and love doing all of that side of things. Didn't really enjoy, you know, having to pitch for a, for a sale at the end of the month each time. Yeah. So took that sort of admin part and that relationship part, and that sort of naturally brought me into communications yeah. as well. So I think there is, yeah, there is often a common theme there as, you know, you go from one role to the other. Absolutely. I think it's, it, it sounds like a weird progression, but it also, it, it does feel quite natural for me. Even it as also a, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Pharmacy technician, you're dealing with patients. So I learned so many key skills to things like sensitivity and because some of the patients were very, very poorly, especially if I was going down to the wards that day, I'd be talking to mm-hmm. patients who sadly may not have very long left and I'd have made their cancer drugs in the aseptic unit and it was a case of like you're talking to these people and you just you learn so much from them and to be honest with you that's part of part of the beauty of communications be it in that role in this role is the how much you get education you get from other people yeah you're always learning yeah always always learning learning. yeah and speaking of always learning (laughs) (laughs) this is if we did that um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll just naturally segue now onto the yeah. fact that you're learning now as well. Yes. As well as carrying on with yes. your regular day-to-day job. Yes. <laughs> I like challenge. So I, like I said, I didn't go to university when I was younger. That was purely just personal reasons. At the time, it didn't fit. So I took it upon myself to now try and get my degree. 
I'm doing a degree in politics, economics and philosophy. So not the easiest one when it comes to the amount of reading you have to do. But it's super, again, I love learning. I love sort of being able to then apply some of what I learn into the workspace as well. So that's been really, really useful. It's given me such an understanding of how businesses work, really, um, which has been brilliant. But yeah, that that's something I really, really enjoy I'm going into my final year. Whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, pressure's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got one more year, which is economics, my last year, and I graduate next year. So Fantastic. that's exciting. Exciting. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself afterwards. I'm, I'm one of these people who tends to have about five million things on the go all at once. I, was so, say, I can't imagine you not having anything lined up by the time you get there. No. I, yeah, I'm sort of thinking, what, what challenge can I do next? I, yeah, I'm a bit like that, but it's good. It's good. I, I like to have goals. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know how you find the time, I'll be honest. I, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's amazing. And another thing you do as well, which we haven't touched on, and isn't necessarily, I suppose, related directly to any of these things that we talked about now, so I'll shoehorn this in as opposed to the natural segue we just had. But okay. you're also part of, and we talked about these in a previous podcast, mm. uh, we have a few committees yes. in Inventing. So we have an inclusive committee, we have a people forum, and we have an ESG committee who all deal with different things within the company. And you're part of our inclusive committee. Yes. So would you like to tell us a little bit about that as well? A little bit about what the committee does as well and, and yeah, how yeah. that is for you. So the inclusive committee is all in relation to diversity, equity and inclusion at Ventian Energy and making sure that we are providing that sort of environment for every employee in the company and everybody feels like they have a place and a worth and they are able to express themselves within the company. So we celebrate certain key dates throughout the mm -hmm. year. Um, these often change every year. We'd have to be like absolutely working on this full time to be able to do every day every sure. year so but we do we 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 alternate them every year we've just done pride month for example mm -hmm. and we did international women's day earlier this year which is also we tied in with the school visits as well yes. which was yeah. brilliant yeah it's it's a really interesting committee it's a great committee to be on i mean it's we get to talk about some hard stuff hard hitting stuff we often have debates in there because we've got a lot of different opinions on things but that's the beauty of it right that's the beauty absolutely, of it absolutely yeah and that's that's a whole big area to, mm. to cover as well so i can imagine there's all kinds of conversations going on around that. and again yeah. we all get to learn yeah we yeah. all get to learn from each other because there's we've all got different reasons for wanting to be part of this committee as well and some of them have got direct or some of us have got direct I suppose relations were being part of a of a, a minority group, as it were, not necessarily racially, but mm -hmm. like whether it's LGBTQ plus or whatever. And some people are allies of those groups and some people just want to learn as well and just want to do more for the for these communities. So it's brilliant. And you've done some of this outside of Aventian as well, haven't you? Because I've seen <laughs> that you also you were an ambassador for MQ mental health research as well yeah so i was an ambassador for a charity called mq which is transforming mental health through research the best way to describe them is their their equivalent in the sort of physical medical world would be cancer research um, okay. but many many years ago so what the charity is doing is they're looking at ways 
to improve people's mental health on the more scientific side, which is really interesting. I used to be an ambassador. Unfortunately, I'm not anymore. Other commitments took over, but that involved a lot of talking at festivals and universities. So again, that was a way of me sharing my personal experiences as somebody who has PTSD with a wider audience and having shared my experiences, it was helping other people to open up about theirs as well. So it was, again, a really rewarding and educational Yeah, and although you're not an ambassador for them outside the company anymore, of course, you are on the inclusive committee here. So you are getting to push these messages and to to help, you know, promote these these things internally as well anyway. So that's that's kind of carrying on in a way in a different form, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, do you know what? I think for me, anything that you do, make it, if you can, I mean, obviously there's a lot to be said for doing things that just relax you and just over you and stuff like that. But I'm very much in the mindset of anything that I do, I want to make it worthwhile, not only for me, but for others, if I can as well. Mm -hmm. And also make sure I'm learning something so I can take something with me into the next stage of my life, wherever that may be. And giving back. So I'm not only giving back, but I'm also being able to progress myself as well. And I think that's something that's super important. So all my experiences, I try and sort of navigate with that mindset. I'm going to ask you what, what, well, I was going to ask you what your biggest challenge in the role is. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say it was juggling all of these different commitments, but maybe it's not that. No, 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 because I think, I think I don't know, like for me, I just, when I'm at work, I focus on work. When I'm doing this, I focus on this. So I think probably the biggest challenge in this role I think for me as well, it's, it's it's being it was being so new to the specifics of this industry. Probably right. the previous company was the space industry, and I was new to that when I started. So I had to learn a lot more technical things about low Earth orbit satellites than I ever ever imagined I would do. And it's it's very similar here. That's probably been my biggest challenge. I was lucky that I was an executive assistant for a couple of years prior to taking this role. So I did get that background knowledge. But again, now it's still people use acronyms or they'll use short term phrases for things. And I'm having to be the one who feels silly and putting their hand up and going, um, can you just explain what that means to me? And I think that's been my biggest challenge. The communication side of things, I think, if you've got quite an outgoing personable nature anyway can come quite easily Mm -hmm. but the knowledge that you need to be able to back that up is the bit that that takes the learning and it's and it's been going away and reading things myself so with regulatory for example i'm always constantly saying to the regulatory manager is there a paper on this could you send me something on this just so i know we're going to find out more. yeah where i can find out some more of the detail about this and you said you like learning so you know and you're well you obviously like learning you're still yeah. doing that you know and if that's in your day-to-day role as well, i think that keeps in uh, keeps things interesting as well keeps it a little bit fresh if you like yeah absolutely something i was trying to teach myself guitar as well at the moment oh, so God. like <laughs> that's something else I, I don't have a lot of time for that but so i only know a couple of songs so far but yeah that's another thing i did i actually did that that's something i took up during covid so that's unfortunately fallen by the wayside but i managed to get a few songs out get the feeling if we if we keep talking here we're just going to find out a hundred things i didn't know about you yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit mad <laughs> i'm a bit people think I'm i knew a that about bit mad. you i knew that about um, you yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the best thing though what's the best thing about the job that you're doing now the sort of the thing that gets you out of bed or that, that makes you think yeah i'm really excited because today 
do you know what? There's so many things that I enjoy about this role. I enjoy the fact that it is different. And I mean, it's such a cliche thing to say, oh, it's different every day because everybody's job's pretty much different every day, bar obviously ones that aren't. But <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> sentence. We'll keep that in. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like everyone says, oh, my job is different every day. I've got new challenges. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely, this one is different every day because you do not know with a planning application, for example, you don't know what hurdles that's going to throw up. That you don't know what questions you get. There's always a question that you're going to get that you've never had before. And because I like a challenge and I like to test myself, it's great because I, I, I want these challenges. So I think that's probably the favourite thing. If I had to sum it into one word, is the challenge. Okay. And what about for anybody who, because this is a role that's obviously expanding and other companies have this well, mm. and so, you know, we, we've got so many communities around our wind farms that you know there's there's going to be room for expansion here what about somebody who's looking to get into this role do you think in the future what what advice would you give to them you've got to like talking to people and you've got to like talking so um if that's not something because not everybody does people some people don't really want that social interaction all the time and that's that's cool because there's other roles that are perfectly suited to that as well but i'd say i wouldn't go into this role if you're not a particularly sociable person or even if you're not a particularly social person you don't have that social sort of aspect of your personality right. i'd also say as well uh, tenacity you need to be quite resilient and also you need to be willing to learn because you're not going to know the answer to every single question that goes without saying and you've got to be comfortable with saying if some if a community member comes up to you and asks you a question don't feel the pressure to be like oh, yeah, 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 I know the answer, and, and just come up with a, a, a strange answer. You've got to be comfortable with being like, I don't know. I'll go and find out. And that transparency. I think they're, they're, they're probably some of the key things I'd say they, people need from a personality side. Skill set-wise, you're probably talking more organisation Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm, I, as an EA, you'd expect me <laughs> to be excellent at. But no, I, I do have the core skills of organisation, but even I'm not the most organised. And organisation can be learned as well. And what is organised for somebody is not necessarily the same as what's organised for somebody else. So when I say organisation, don't let that be a, oh, well, I'm not very good at... You probably are, you just haven't found your way of working at it yet. And also just that relationship building, not only externally, but within the company as well, because probably one of the members of the comms team who has the challenge, but also the luxury of working across multiple areas of the business with OBD, with regulatory and with ESG and building those relationships as well yeah. with internal stakeholders is is very, very, is is a critical part of it. Excellent. Nikki, I knew this was going to be a great conversation before we started because <laughs> I know you. So, and it hasn't let me down. It hasn't disappointed in any way, I don't think. Okay. It's, it's been really interesting talking to you. Thanks for coming along. That's all right. Thank you for having me. Well, it's been really great hearing from Nikki and finding out more about the work she does with communities and especially for me, with the schools and universities in those communities, because that really is a fundamental part of the Ventient Way. I said at the start that this looked like being an interesting role to discuss, and it certainly didn't disappoint. One of the great things in this industry is the variety of roles available, not all of them technical, but definitely all just as important as each other in driving the sustainable growth and energy transition that is at the heart of our mission. 
As always, if you have any questions or comments, do get in touch. Vented Energy is on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, then why not tell your friends and colleagues and subscribe to stay updated on the latest episodes. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Climate of Change.